And just want to take a second and thank Policy Genius. They're supporting today's episode of Success Story. I know we all have kids. We all have families we want to take care of. And I personally check something off major on my to-do list, life insurance. It's a tough topic. It's really hard to think about, but it's so important. And the hard part was sorting through all the options. Luckily, I found Policy Genius. Policy Genius is an online insurance marketplace that makes getting life insurance surprisingly easy. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for a million dollars of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Now, knowing my family's protected brings me incredible peace of mind. Don't put off this important decision. Check life insurance off your to-do list in no time with Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. Welcome to Success Story, the most useful podcast in the world. I'm your host, Scott D. Clary, and today I'm going to break down the story of Michael Bloomberg and how he sold his first Bloomberg terminal. We're going to speak about his entrepreneurial ventures and his sales uh, exploits and some of the things that he did when he was trying to build the business that got him to where he is today that maybe we didn't realize were classic examples of great sales and startup strategy. So without further ado, this is the story of how Michael Bloomberg sold his first terminal. Now, I'm going to tell you the story of how Michael Bloomberg sold his first terminal. But first, if you're listening to this, you may be asking, what is uh, the Bloomberg terminal? Well, the Bloomberg terminal is one of the most sought after pieces of technology in financial markets. I'm going to read you the definition of what the Bloomberg terminal is, obviously built by Michael Bloomberg, so that you have a good idea of what it is and what it's used for and why it was one of the things that made Michael Bloomberg a billionaire. So this is the definition straight from Wikipedia. It's going to do a much better and more succinct job of describing the Bloomberg Terminal than I can. The Bloomberg Terminal is a computer software system provided by the financial data vendor Bloomberg LP that enables professionals in the financial services sector and other industries to access Bloomberg professional services through which users can monitor and analyze real-time financial market data and place trades on the electronic trading platform. It was developed by businessman Michael Bloomberg. The system also provides news, price, quotes, and messaging across its proprietary secure network. It is well known amongst the financial community for its black interface, which has become a recognizable trait uh, of the service. The first version of the terminal was released in December 1982. Most large financial firms have subscriptions to Bloomberg Professional Services. Many exchanges charge their own additional fees for access to real-time price feeds across the terminal. Uh, All Bloomberg terminals are leased on two-year cycles with leases originally based on how many displays were connected to each terminal. Uh, Most Bloomberg setups have between two and six displays. It is available for an annual fee of $20,000 per user or $24,000 per year for the small number of firms that use only one terminal. And as of October 2016, slightly dated data, but this will give you a good idea of how popular it is. There are 325,000 Bloomberg terminal subscribers worldwide. So that is the Bloomberg terminal, and that is 
the first entrepreneurial venture that Michael Bloomberg took on. So let's go back to Michael Bloomberg's story. And there is a sales and entrepreneurial lesson in here. So bear with me. Uh, A quick history of Michael Bloomberg. He was a Harvard MBA. He started working at the investment bank Solomon Brothers. When Solomon Brothers was acquired by Fibro, Michael Bloomberg was uh, pushed out with a $10 $10 million paycheck. That's a nice little payday, nice little severance package. The first career milestone gave him the capital to develop the Bloomberg terminal. So he spent $4 million of that $10 million paycheck developing the terminal with only the money he had at the time from his exit from Solomon Brothers. Who else does this remind you of? Taking the money from their first success, albeit not as great as the example I'm thinking of, and putting that into their future company. So Elon Musk took the money from PayPal and he put it into SpaceX, Tesla, and Solar City. So as you can see, there's a trend here. People that are successful and achieve a level of success, it's not like they just take their foot off the pedal, they do more. And $10 million was a nice paycheck. Um, keep in mind, if you are in finance in New York and you're doing well, there's a good chance that you're living a pretty good lifestyle. So $10 million can, you know, has a has a little bit of a runway on it, but it's not in New York, if you are living a lavish lifestyle, it's not going to last you the rest of your life, that's for sure. Um, so he spent $4 million of that on his first terminal, and he didn't have any customers. So his MVP, his minimum viable product, was $4 million. And this is where our sales story starts. So Michael Bloomberg, uh, unlike many entrepreneurs, actually did not rush to get his first customer. He spent $4 million and three years of his life building out the initial iteration, the MVP of the Bloomberg Terminal, and then also thinking about how to sell this to a customer. So what Michael Bloomberg was running into was the fact that he was not replacing uh, an ingrained, entrenched system. It was a blue ocean. He was creating something, there was a need for it, and he knew it coming from a financial background. But that being said, it wasn't like he was replacing uh, some other piece of equipment that was globally known. So he had to decide, how am I going to sell this to a customer when they may not have anything like this already? So these are the steps that he took to land his first customer. Remember, three years to land uh, the first customer. So in year one, from a sales perspective, what he did was he focused, and this is high level sales advice, he built relationships. He focused on landing small deals with customers in hopes of eventually landing larger deals with customers. So this is how he did that. And this is a classic sales strategy, building relationships, landing a small deal, and then opening up and getting more share of wallet or expanding the amount of spend with the customer after you land a small deal and parlay that into a larger deal. So Michael Bloomberg was doing odd consulting jobs in his time off. uh, And one of his clients was Merrill Lynch. In, the, in terms of being the ideal customer, the person that he would want to sell his Bloomberg Terminal to, Merrill Lynch checked all the boxes. So Bloomberg was doing consulting work, but his goal was not to be a consultant. The goal of the consulting work was entirely to establish a relationship with the company and start to form relationships with the champions and decision makers within the organization. So he was doing what's called in sales multi-threading, where he lands with Merrill Lynch. He starts to talk to people. He starts to build relationships. Yeah, they're paying him a small consulting fee, but he knows that he has this piece of tech in his mind that he's building out, spending a lot of money building it out. And he wants to eventually sell that to all those people that he's working with. So over the course of the next year, uh, consulting at uh, Merrill Lynch paid Michael Bloomberg roughly $100,000, which is uh, really not a lot compared to um, all things considered what he has made before from his exit, uh, Solomon Brothers, and the fact that he's invested $4 million. So he's still net 
negative uh, $3.9 million at this point. But, you know, he has an in. He's built relationships. He's going to continue his sales process in year two. So again, first year was entirely building relationships. Year two. Year two, he identified the decision maker. This is the sales steps that he took. He built rapport with the decision maker to increase the wallet share. Remember, that's what was his goal. He wanted to get the consulting job and then eventually sell them a terminal. Um, so he had to figure out okay, I have the consulting relationship. Now I have to figure out who would actually, I, I know all these people in Merrill Lynch, who's going to be the person who's actually going to purchase this terminal if I put it in front of them. And he, so he didn't have all the relationships with all the key decision makers in Merrill Lynch, but he did know that he had access. He had access and he had a foot in the door. So what he decided to do was double down on building uh on the relationships that he had already built with the people within Merrill Lynch. And his strategy was, it was quite, it was quite uh, ingenious. So he had access to all the Merrill Lynch offices because he was consulting there. So every morning at 6 a.m. he woke up, he drove to a deli across the street from Merrill Lynch's headquarters and bought coffee with and without milk. And then he bought tea with and without milk. He put a few sugars on the side, I guess, of his tray. And he roamed the halls of Merrill Lynch looking for anybody who was in the office early in the morning. And he literally would walk into their office and say, hi, I'm Mike Bloomberg. I brought you a cup of coffee. I just like to bend your ear is what he said. This is, this is actually a quote. I saw it in, I think, a business insider piece. Hi, I'm Mike Bloomberg. I bought you a coffee. I'd like to bend your ear. His rationale, nobody was going to tell him to go away. It was before work started. He was offering them free coffee or tea. And there was also a psychological effect that he implemented here, whether or not he knew it. But the law of reciprocity is a very, very powerful law in sales. When you offer somebody something for free, they want to give you something back. And if that thing back is just time, and it's a minor inconvenience, and it's really, what's what's the difference? Uh, you know, if somebody comes in, offers you a free coffee, asks to chat with you, and all you're doing is killing time reading the paper before work, well, you'll take the coffee and you'll probably say yes to the conversation. So anyways, he did this. He did this all through his, all through year two. And he finally got a meeting with Ed Moriarty, a managing director at Merrill Lynch. This was the person who could make the decision to purchase the Bloomberg Terminal. But he had to convince, he had to convince Ed. He couldn't just sell it to him. He had to convince him that this was something that Ed actually needed. So now we're on to year three. So year three, he pitched Ed. He got some, he got some, he got some pushback on the concept of the terminal, but then he mitigated the risk that was in Ed's mind of purchasing a new terminal. What was the risk involved? Well, he mitigated that. And I'm going to explain why and how he did it. And then after he mitigated the risk, he proposed something to Ed that was above and beyond what uh, Ed could say no to. Let me explain. So he, Michael Bloomberg finally had a chance to pitch uh, the terminal to Ed. It went horrible. So the Merrill Lynch team saw the terminal was a great idea, but Merrill Lynch is a huge, huge, huge entity. And they realized they could just build it themselves. They had the money and they had the brains to figure it out. Um, they forecasted that in six months they could build an alternative internally and that their alternative would be even better than what Bloomberg had pitched them. So Bloomberg said, you know, shit, okay, I got to figure this out now. How do I get them to take a chance on the product that I already have right now so they don't even try and attempt to build something? Because it's very, very possible they could have built something much better or slightly better than what than what he had built because they have way more than 4 million available. So 
he knew that he had to move fast. And this is what he did. He had to mitigate the risk. Remember, we have to mitigate the risk. So uh, Bloomberg said, okay, if I install it and it doesn't work, you don't pay. If I install it and you don't love it for six months, you don't pay. If I install it and there's any issues with it at all, while you're building your new machine, you said it's going to take you six months. So he said, just just try mine for six months while you're building your new machine anyways. What's the harm, right? So if anything goes wrong in six months, I take it out. No questions asked, no bill, no invoice. You have your own machine. But what happens if mine works? Okay. So if it works, then you'll know that my machine works. So the, the lesson here is if you want to sell more, eliminate the risk involved in the sale. And the risk is usually uh, technical or financial. And Bloomberg eliminated both of those risks. He said, if it doesn't work, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to install it myself. You don't have to do anything. If it doesn't work, you don't pay. If you don't love it, you don't pay, which is a, such an objective measurement, right? If you don't love it, if you don't love it, what does that even mean? Well, it means that and, and Merrill Lynch execs knew this, they, for, they could, for whatever reason, say, forget about it um, and say, we don't want it. But because he mitigated the risk, it was an easy, it was an easy decision for Merrill Lynch. They signed off on the project and gave uh, six months to Bloomberg's terminal to prove itself. When the six months was up, Michael Bloomberg tested the first iteration of the Bloomberg terminal at Merrill Lynch. There were some software bugs, but it worked very well. It was already installed. The Merrill Lynch team loved it, that he had fulfilled in the time frame they had allotted and saved them the trouble of having to produce a compliant, complicated product from scratch. They proceeded to order 20 units from their initial order and then added two more after the six months uh, period was up. So with Bloomberg selling this terminal to one of the top five banks in the world, the product was made. The story was made. This was the beginning of the Bloomberg terminal, and it all just picked up steam and snowballed from there. And this is truly the story of how Michael Bloomberg sold his first terminal with $4 million, three years, three steps, and regardless of whether or not it was done purposefully, a very insightful and strategic sales process executed quite flawlessly, to be honest. Anyways, I hope you enjoyed. If you did, hit that like button. Please subscribe and leave some comments. Let me know what other stories, what other case studies you'd like me to break down. And we can learn some great insights from companies that have built businesses and from people that have built businesses. So fingers crossed, we don't have to make the same mistakes twice. Have a great day. We'll talk soon. Bye. I know a lot of entrepreneurs listen to this show and NetSuite has been a huge supporter for entrepreneurs, for business owners, because there's one thing that we all know. Business is about making money and it's about your bottom line. And the less you spend on the nuts and bolts of running your business, the more profits you keep. But these days, everything is costing more. Supplies, people, shipping. It squeezes your margins. And I've been there juggling multiple systems for finance, inventory, you name it. Each with its own costs and its own set of headaches. That's why I made the switch to NetSuite by Oracle. It's changed our company. Think about it. NetSuite is one of the top financial systems out there. It puts your whole business on one platform, accounting, finance, the works, one data source for everyone. There's no more mismatched info. And because it's in the cloud, it slashes your IT costs. No more servers, no more updates. Just access NetSuite from anywhere. With one integrated suite, your overhead drops big time. And here's the real win. Efficiency. Everything's connected in NetSuite. 
costs are ridiculous lately. Find a proven way to reduce your expenses and get better performance out of your team. It's a no-brainer, and that's what NetSuite offers. Over 37,000 companies have figured this out already. You have to join them. Right now, through to April 15th, NetSuite's got an incredible, flexible financing plan. Check it out and see the savings yourself at netsuite.com slash Clary. That's netsuite.com slash Clary. Hiring as a small business owner is a major pain. That's why LinkedIn is supporting today's episode. You need people with the right skills and experience, but finding them can take forever. It is incredibly frustrating to keep seeing candidates who just aren't a good fit, and that's why LinkedIn Jobs has been a game changer. Let me tell you a little story. We needed to hire a graphic designer, somebody with specific tech and software knowledge and the ability to truly understand our brand. And I started with all the usual job boards, and it's the same old story. Tons of irrelevant applications. No one's really matching my needs. I tried LinkedIn jobs and the quality of candidates was just on another level. People with impressive portfolios, relevant expertise. I finally felt like I was interviewing the right people. That's truly the power of LinkedIn's massive professional network. You're tapping into this huge pool of talent you simply wouldn't find on other sites. It's about finding those niche candidates you actually need. And with the right people in front of you, hiring becomes a breeze. Did you know that 86% of small businesses find a qualified candidate on LinkedIn jobs within 24 hours. That is how well their system works. Honestly, do yourself a favor and try LinkedIn jobs next time you're hiring. You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash excellence. That's linkedin.com slash excellence. Terms and conditions apply, but it's definitely worth trying out. I don't know about you, but the idea of being harassed, scammed, or even worse, all because somebody found my personal information online, that's terrifying. Our political opinions, our addresses, even stuff about our families, it's out there for anyone to grab. And did you know that data brokers are allowed to sell information on over 98% of Americans? It's scary stuff. That's why I've partnered with Delete Me. I personally use Delete Me. They're a big friend of the podcast because I put myself out there online. So safety is a huge concern. It's really scary how easy it is to find someone's details and information. But Delete Me creates a layer of protection that we all need. You tell Delete Me what you want gone, and they make it disappear from those sketchy data broker sites. And Delete Me doesn't stop. They constantly monitor the web to keep your information off those lists. It's like having a privacy watchdog that never sleeps. You need to take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me. They're giving a special discount for all Success Story podcast listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeletemecom slash success and use promo code success at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash success and enter code success at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash success. Hey everyone, I just want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's episode, Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond Bourbon. Now I don't have a lot of liquor sponsors on this show. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is actually one of my favorites. I've drank it for a few years now, and this is why we actually decided to work together. Heaven Hill Distillery, family-owned since 1935, is a great entrepreneur story, too. So there's five brothers. They filled their first whiskey barrels back in 1935, and their legacy still lives on today. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is aged over seven years. That's three more than required by the Bottled and Bond Act of 1897. This means the best quality, the best purity, and the best consistency. This is not just average bourbon. It's the winner of the double gold medals at multiple 2023 World Spirits competitions, and they've won the very prestigious Triple Still Award. It's a very big deal in the liquor and bourbon world. 
Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond boasts an exceptionally smooth oak flavor, while its aroma offers a sweet blend of caramel and smooth vanilla. If you love bourbon, you need to try Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond. Available nationally, look for a bottle at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Think back to your last few days in the office. Did any of them leave you feeling really accomplished? Not the kind of day where you're running around like crazy, but where you've made real progress on something that matters. Because being busy doesn't always mean being productive. And I bet you we've all been there. And maybe it's time to rethink what it means to get things done. Today's episode is sponsored by Belay. And what they help you do is, instead of getting sucked into emails and to-do lists, they help you delegate tasks and focus on big goals. They can connect you with top-notch US-based talent who are ready to take on those time-consuming tasks that bog you down. Let's be real. There are way more important things you could be doing than bookkeeping or wrangling a packed inbox. They have virtual assistants to handle all of those pesky administrative tasks or accounting professionals to take care of all your financials. But here's the best part. You don't have to waste weeks searching for the right person. Belay's personalized matching service works quickly, sometimes matching you with the right talent to take stuff off your plate in under a week. Are you ready to try a different way of working? Check out Belay's list of the top 25 things you can delegate to a virtual assistant. It might just change your business and your life. Text success, that's S-U-C-C-E-S-S, to 55123 to get the list and to start transforming your to-do list with Belay. 